Welcome to Tech Talk, y'all. Hi, and welcome to Tech Talk, y'all, season 11, episode 289. I'm Adam Walker and joined by special guest, uh, Mickey Mellon. Mickey, yeah. hey, Not man. Sanjay Park, yes. Not Sanjay, <laughs> not Sanjay, but uh, but still uh, excellent guest and longtime listener. So, uh, I'm security-minded, but not to his degree. We'll see how that <laughs> shakes out here. Yeah, but. that's okay. We're going we're gonna to give all the bad security advice so that Sanjay can listen to this episode later and be horrified by Perfect. everything we say. let's do so, it. That's going to be like, if I can just get like, if I can have a barrage of Slack messages from Sanjay while, while he's listening to this episode, (laughs) that would be, that that's the goal. That's That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. All right. uh, Listen, in this episode, we're going to talk about the Reddit blackout that's coming up first. We're going to talk about Meta's new thing, a little bit about Twitter. I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. Netflix, Toyota's amazing EV technology and another EV technology. Uber, we have like a ton of weird and wacky and really great tech recs. So uh, let's get started. Mickey, you want to kick us off? Sure. So the Reddit blackout, subreddits to go private on Monday. And of course, that would be a couple of days ago at this point. They're starting to light back up. But it's been very interesting because as I was trying to put together stories for us to talk about, <laughs> Reddit is a source I use a lot and there wasn't much of that to be had there. So yeah, I, I had the same problem. I, was, I forget what I was. I was trying to solve a problem. And there was uh, clearly in the Google search results, there was like a Reddit thread that I wanted to look at. And I went there and of course it was down. And I was like, mm. oh, Bummer. <laughs> so, and I get it. Yeah. Reddit, Reddit's doing some dumb things. Um, yeah. I watched a video from Linus Tech Tips that he really gets into it. But basically, they're charging a ton for their API. They're sort of following Twitter's footsteps there. A good example is the very popular Apollo mobile app. The guy said it would cost him $20 million to keep running it with the new API change. It's just a dude running a basically free app. Like, it's he's not even considering sticking around. So they're going to lose a lot of that. And so a lot of subreddits, yeah. the community on there, I think like 2,000 of them shut down the last couple of days in protest. And and a good number of them said, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say a good number of them say they're not coming back either. They're they're done. So we'll see what happens here. I mean, listen, I, I kind of feel like if your playbook follows after the Twitter playbook, maybe <laughs> that's a hint that that's a terrible, terrible idea. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, more on Twitter in a minute. But moving on to WhatsApp for right now. So WhatsApp new channels feature brings social media to your messaging app. And okay, first of all, Mickey, um, I read this and I was like, oh. That's the last thing I need. Like most most <laughs> right. social media apps go from like like social media and then they add in chat. And I'm like, I don't need the chat. I was gonna say, you just talked going, about the opposite a few weeks ago. Yeah. 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 So, what, yeah. What's up going is going from chat into social. But then I read the use cases and I was like, oh, okay, okay, maybe this does make sense. You know, like so the use cases are like broadcast use cases. So like if you're a like a small city, for example, and people want to follow what's going on in sort of a private way, you could have a channel for your city that people could subscribe to and then know what's going on. So like, I can kind of see some use cases where like this could be very helpful, actually. What I mean, what are your thoughts? I could see that. Really, I'm still waiting for a few years ago, Facebook, I guess Meta now, but at the time they were Facebook, Mm -hmm. said they were going to combine WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, and Instagram messages into a single messaging app. And I thought that would be fantastic because like you said, we have way too many messaging apps. They haven't said anything about that in years. I was thinking that's going away. So instead we get this new channels thing, which... I don't use WhatsApp much, but I think yeah, it's it's a good feature. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's interesting, um, and I, like I even wonder if like 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 simple use cases like my kids' swim team, like uh, using mm-hmm. a, a broadcast channel for that, like oh you know thunderstruck, we're not coming back for thirty minutes. Like they used to use Twitter for that, but now the Twitter's kind of uh, you know um, yeah. what's the word imploding. That's the word imploding. Um, 
you know, maybe they use WhatsApp channels for that. So they maybe could already, a lot of them already use WhatsApp for that. Like our soccer team for my daughter used WhatsApp for that kind of stuff, just as a normal, just like a group chat, essentially. So I think this would be a little smoother way to do it, though. So it'd be, yeah, an improvement. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So next up, so Meta, the king of copycats, grabs at Twitter users with Instagram spinoff. So yeah, I I don't really care about this too much, but I do love that their their main reason for doing it is they said they claim they'll offer a platform that is sanely run. So that was my favorite thing in the whole article. That was that was the only thing worth even yeah. having the article about. Is like we'll have a yeah. platform that's sanely run and like. That's great. But nobody wants more meta in their life. Like nobody right, does. Yeah, like like no. nobody does. And so no. I I just it, it's I think it's a swing and a miss. I think if they had come out with this a year ago, maybe it could have caught on. But I feel it's just too late. It's just too late. No, I'm too pretty late. confident you and Sons are going to talk about this. The reverse of this story in six months, like meta shutting down their Instagram spinoff. So, yes, yeah. that's exactly what's we'll going to happen there. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Well, speaking of things that I think will likely be shutting down at some point, uh, <laughs> Twitter decides to stop paying Google despite relying on it for multiple tools. So apparently Twitter had signed a big contract with Google to host a lot of its cloud services on Google servers. I believe they were uh, up to pay Google. It was like a billion dollars or something. And they just decided not to pay their vendors at all. Like they're just not going to pay them and you know, whatever. And if it goes down, it goes down. I think the most interesting part of this was uh, it talks about how Elon Musk is struggling to make the company profitable when it was profitable for the majority of quarters over the last several years. And he's now cut 85% of the staff and he's just flat not paying his bills and they're still not profitable. Like right. that feels like a failure of leadership right there. Like that's what that feels like. So yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I saw two big things in this article. That was one of them. The other one is that like their core spam deca- detection tools are what's being used in cloud services, like to block violent extremism and gratuitous no. gore and all that. That's no. what runs in Google Cloud. And according to what I've heard, they're not sending anything up elsewhere. Google's just no. going to turn that off in a couple of weeks and... Yeah, so we'll see. (laughs) So basically, like, the Twitter experience that's already been declining substantially will decline further into sheer madness, essentially. Yeah, if they don't pay their bills, which it seems he won't. So, yeah. Uh, So next, yeah, a more affordable version of the Apple Vision Pro expected to arrive in 2025. So what are your thoughts here? I mean, so, uh, well, you're the VR guy, so I I really want to hear. I'll I'll, I'll share what what I'm thinking, and then I want you to kind of give some more VR perspective, right? right? So. Um, I, I mean, I think this makes sense because at $3,500, there's just no way I will, I right, will yeah. not buy one. I just, I can't afford it. I got, I got too many kids, too much stuff going on. I can't do mm-hmm. it. So, um, I think it's interesting. I mean, I think, you know, uh, they t- the article talked about maybe using lesser quality screens, which is fine for me. Uh, it also talked about using AirPods for the, the sound rather than the headset doing the sound, okay. which also is fine for me. Um, so I think there's different ways they can save money. To me, the big question is like, what can they bring it down to? Because if they just bring it down to $2,500, still a no-go for me. So I just, yeah. you know, like I, I love the idea. I just, I can't spend that kind of cash. So, but like, what what's your perspective? I mean, I know you're a big MetaQuest user. Yes, like, I am. What's, what's that about? What are you thinking? So I've read a lot about this and it sounds amazing. I mean, it sounds just mind-blowing the way the eye tracking works and that kind of stuff. The, the Cortex podcast that our friend Bobby's turned us on to, they did a, a long breakdown of because one of the guys got to try it. It sounds amazing, but... Yeah, I'm not going to get one anytime soon either. I'm not really an Apple guy to speak of, so there's that too. It was interesting, yeah. though. Of course, they named it the Vision Pro initially, so it was already kind of assumed like they'll have a normal Vision that comes out in a few years that's lesser. Yeah. And really, I think the $3,500 isn't an issue because they're not trying to sell it to normal folks because there's not much it does. I mean, the idea here is to get developers on board and start making apps, and then in a couple of years, there's a bunch of apps that do cool stuff, and they can bring out a cheaper version, and it could work out well. And so the thought is, at least in my mind, in a couple of years, the the 
Pro one should be a little less expensive. They should be able to get priced down, you know, maybe to twenty five hundred for it, and so then a consumer one could be sub two thousand, which would be palatable, yeah. I guess. But you're still comparing like the MetaQuest three that's coming out this fall. That's pretty sweet for five hundred bucks. Like, yeah, it's a whole world apart. So, yeah, that's yeah. tough, man. That's tough. All right, next up, Netflix. I can't talk today. All right, we're gonna try that again. Uh, Netflix password crackdown boosts new subscribers to highest level since COVID began. And there's a second article we linked to that said a first look at the impact of Netflix's password sharing crackdown. And did you look at the stats, like the graph of the second article link? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, shocking. Like. What, I mean, people really want their Netflix like that. Like, is that all it really took was a password crackdown to get that many new subscribers like that? Like they should have done that years ago. That was great. I mean, for yeah, them, well, I'm thinking I think part of it, though, is they've not been getting many new subscribers lately. Anyhow, things have kind of been saturated. So any bump looks like a big bump when your graph is flat. That's fair. That's fair. But, yeah. yeah. yeah I but, mean, I, well, I'm curious when they get us like my daughter's over in Athens on our Netflix. So I suspect we'll get pinged for this pretty soon and we'll probably go ahead and buy our subscription. So yeah. well, I hate I think, it, hate it, but isn't there like a certain level subscription where you can have a member that's off site or something? I, I thought there was at least there like, may be. Yeah. yeah. It's like a family subscription or something like that. So because I mean, same thing with my daughter that's going to be living, you know, away, like we'll have to figure that out for her as well. Um, and then of course, Netflix is going to pave the way for this. And then that's going to become the case for all of the streaming right. oh, services yeah. as well. So I mean, be ready for, you know, paying for your kids to have their full suite of streaming services that they don't want to pay for, but they want access to. That's going to be yeah. super fun. So Except for Peacock, because no one's watching that yet, so they won't do anything dumb. But well, we'll yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, does it, but doesn't Peacock have like uh, Bel Air on it, which I think is pretty amazing. Yeah, they have some good call. stuff, yeah, but yeah, their things. numbers are still their numbers not are good. Terrible, but yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, next up, a Toyota EV drove 1,200 miles without stopping to charge thanks to electric roads with wireless charging. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, and what, I think what's, it's what's crazy more cute too than is, good. Yeah, well, go so it's a track, right? They, they put it on track, and it had they electrified the road, and they only had twenty five percent of it electrified, which I thought was interesting. Oh, I, okay, I didn't catch and, that. And they also used a car that had very low number of miles that could go on the battery because it's a hybrid engine, but the high, the actual gasoline engine never kicked in. So I think the range of the battery was only like forty miles, and they did it on purpose hmm. to sort of prove that if we had electrified roads, you could actually have much smaller batteries. And it'd be much lighter on materials and everything else, which is all true. But I mean, electrifying roads would cost a, I mean, a small I can't, fortune. That's the problem. Like we yeah. can't even fill potholes for the most part. Like how on earth are we going to keep these maintained? Like even if they paid the billions to electrify the roads, they'd all be in disrepair. Like yeah. I can't fathom how the math could ever work. Even if prices come way, way, way down, it's going to be more expensive than just concrete. Like, yeah. Well, I, I, I feel like what's going to, what would end up happening is like, they would like put, put like a special, like electrified lane or something on the interstate, yeah. but then you'd have to pay extra to be in the special electrified lane. <laughs> right. So then like, then you're just paying, paying more money. I mean, they kind of do that on 85 already, which kind of makes me crazy. They have a special lane, like fast pass or whatever. I love that skip lane. Skip the traffic. Do you, I'll pay $2 <laughs> to skip the traffic all day long. Man. It's great. <laughs> I don't even own, I don't even own the hardware to, to use the, the hardware is free, man. Get it. I, <laughs> Okay, I'm too lazy to own the hardware to use the lane. I need I need to do yeah. that. I do need now the one thing that could be cool with this, I could see like Chick-fil-A or someone like electrifying their drive-through lane. That'd be kind of yeah. cool. Like Ooh. while you're sitting in line for 15 minutes, you're getting charged up for free. Like that could now, be interesting. But that's a really interesting idea because like it would draw a lot of traffic to certain private industries, like and then you right. get charged up. That's a great idea. But again, you'd have to have it be a popular enough thing where cars have this technology built in, and I I don't necessarily see it getting there, but we'll see. Who knows? Hmm. Well, we'll find out. All right. Uh, next up, also related to Toyota, 
Toyota unveils electric roadmap that includes 600 mile range EVs and solid state tech. So uh, I love I love Toyotas. I really do. Like Toyotas are great cars. Oh, yeah. I'm very happy they're getting into the EV game. I'm going to need more options for the day that I eventually am ready to buy an EV, which is not quite yet Same. here, but it's it's coming close. And Toyota will be at the top of my list. They're just a great yeah. car company. So I love this. 600 miles is un, is insane. Like I I can't tell you how long it takes me to drive 600 miles. Like in, a, yeah. in it probably it's probably months before I'm driving 600 <laughs> miles. Like I it, it's crazy. So I love it. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. I mean, it's tech's changing so fast. Like lithium mining is a big problem. You know, people that are against EVs point to that a lot, but that's where this kind of stuff like gets rid of some of that and yep. solves some of those problems. Yep. The interesting thing I've been reading a lot about is the watt hours per kilogram. It's like the big measure of how much juice can you put in per kilogram? And we've already gone from like 100 to like Teslas are about 300 watts per kilogram. Mm -hmm. There's companies working on stuff that are 600 and 1200 per kilogram. I mean, Whoa. it's going to be cool to see where things get because that's the issue is they're so heavy. So all yeah. this stuff is fantastic, and I'm so appreciative of those that have electric cars now to go with kind of the struggles now of dealing with all this stuff so that when you and I finally get around to having one, it'll be a lot smoother infrastructure for everybody. So yeah. Be great. Yeah. Speaking of a uh, smoother infrastructure, what's up next? Yeah. Here? So yeah, GM owners will be able to charge their EVs at Tesla superchargers. So I Ooh. love this and I hate this. I so. do too. I, I, I mean, mainly because it has the word Tesla in it, if I'm being honest. Well, like, that's what makes me nervous about it. So, well, it's the yeah, Tesla owns it. Yeah. Cause there's, Two different charging systems in around here. There's the CCS. There's the combined charging system, which is like the this public domain standard. And Tesla has their NACS. And so I want the public domain standard to win, and everyone just use that. But now yeah. that Tesla has Ford and GM on theirs, it seems like theirs is going to win. But at least one will win, hopefully. And there's just yeah. I don't want there to be four charging stations coming up, and none of them are the right type for my car. Like oh, they'd be horrible. So at least you we mean get like a standard. Like USB-C yeah. cables and like that yeah. whole like Apple lightning cables and all that yeah, garbage. That's all like, getting fixed finally this year too. Let's just yeah. standardize it all, man. Like that makes it so perfect. much easier. But then USB-C cables for your car. Just perfect. charge them off that too. Now we're talking. Like, <laughs> that seems like a great, like a great plan. So, uh, all right, last up. And then, man, we're going to dig into some deep, weird, and wacky here, guys. Uh, Uber wants to take Turo's whole thing. So if you're not familiar Toro is an app that allows you to rent someone's personal car and uh, you can rent it. I mean, anywhere in the world, like there's millions of cars on there. There's tons of traffic. Like there's, there's lots of really fancy cars you can rent on there. And uh, it's a cool app. I've never personally used it, but I have kind of looked at it a few times with interest. Uh, now Uber is going to offer the same thing They're I mean, like this, they're going to take a play out of all of the technology, Silicon Valley things. And say, hey, let's the, the person over there is making money. Let's just do that too right. and make more money. So Okay. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, again, I kind of hate that from the perspective of the little, you know, plucky startup doing well and Uber's yeah. going to try to just crush him into the ground. But, and also, I'm not sure I'd ever want to rent my car out for an hour knowing who knows, be in it smoking, crashing. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just, I'd be scared well, of that. But, and you rent it out in 15 minute increments. You said it's there for an hour, but they actually pay in 15 minute increments. Well, okay. I thought, also oh, gotcha. thought it was fascinating. But sorry, sorry, go ahead. Finish your thought. No, that, that's about all. I was just going to say the supercars and like the fancy cars is, is kind of a different different angle. And I like that. That'd be kind of cool to rent like a great car for an evening out or something, you know, without yeah. having to go through Enterprise or, you know, try to find it I, through I, a typical I, way. I'd love to get like a Porsche 911 for like an evening out. Like that would yeah, be, exactly. that'd, be, that'd pretty, be pretty, it'd be pretty slick. So yeah, I like yeah, it. I'd be all for that. All right. Well, uh, oh, yeah. I guess Weird and Wacky's up next. Time for the Weird and Wacky segment. Abominable snowman. Oh, not an axe <laughs> One of the TAs turned out to be a bot. So I just bought the only physical encyclopedia still in print, and I regret nothing. 
Well, I didn't, but that's the headline. So that was kind of an interesting one. So this yeah. was kind of cool. It's the World Book Encyclopedia is the only one still being printed. Yeah. So. Did, did you know that there was still an encyclopedia in print? I figured there was. The, the interesting thing I saw I in there not. is that Britannica ended in 2012 after 244 years in print. Like, mm. wow. But I still feel, I feel like there'll be enough demand for one out there, probably for a long time. There'll be enough people buying it, kind of like the film cameras and other things that people yeah. want to have some nostalgia, like down to one company that feels about right. You know, yeah, they probably won't change it too much. But yeah. I will say, like, I was intrigued by it because like the one thing that, you know, that's harder, I think, to me to do on a screen is kind of that, like, I'm just going to open up the encyclopedia for H. And then you just kind of kind of <laughs> thumb through it, you know, and like you just you sort do of, that a lot. Yes, I absolutely. <laughs> okay. yeah. But like, but like you just sort of stumble upon things. You like there used to be mm-hmm. that website stumble upon. Right. Like, yeah, and I true. feel like 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 we need more of that, like serendipitous stumbling into new things. But but one of the hard things about the Internet and about screens in particular is that like there's not really a great way to do that. Like you kind of either have, you have to know what you're looking for. Um, or like, there's not like a random, like, well, let me just see where I land, you know, sort of thing anymore. Um, and I think it is for Wikipedia. I I thought there was something like that for Wikipedia. You can randomize and it'll take you to an article, but really, yeah. But again, I'm not sure I'd ever really have time just to sit around and say, I have nothing else to do. So I'm going (laughs) to, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. But cool idea though. Yeah. Well, speaking of cool ideas, uh, Japan has a wild idea to launch a satellite made of wood in 2024. Apparently they've been testing, Wood is a material for space for a while. They landed on, uh, of all things, magnolia wood, uh, which I thought was very intriguing. But like, but but there's a lot of like good reasons to do this. Apparently, like because wood is uh, it's very eco friendly. You know, it's it's a mm-hmm. somewhat renewable resource. And uh, when it eventually does, uh, what, what do they call it? Deorbit, which I still right. think is the weirdest word in the world. <laughs> when they do deorbit it, I mean, it definitely it burns up in the atmosphere. It's not like we're not contributing <laughs> right, to any true. pollution here. So, I mean, it's a pretty fascinating sort of wild idea. I mean, what are your what are your thoughts? My first thought was it sounded insane. Like, because <laughs> I think of it in terms of like companies built, spending years building this one satellite. Like, you want to do that. But then you think of like Starlink that's sending up thousands of them. Like, okay, yeah. if you're doing it at scale, suddenly that makes more sense. And right. yeah. yeah, they sent one to the ISS a while ago and it they kind of floated outside the ISS for like 10 months and it held up remarkably well. And like, yeah, okay. I mean, for the reasons you gave, like, it's worth a shot, I guess. You know, seems I mean, weird, I, but. I do some woodworking. I, I would love to see something I <laughs> make end up in space. Yeah, like I feel like that would be like maybe they mm-hmm. could have like a contest for some amateur woodworkers and be like, all right, who wants to send their stuff into space? And that'd be great. Speaking of a woodworking, hold that thought because uh, that that is going to come back into play during my tech rec, just so you know. So, oh, sweet. Uh, but moving to the next one here. Yeah. So hundreds of 10 church service generated by chat GPT. So, <laughs> would you have gone? Is- they said it was packed. Like, it was overflowing with people just wanting to check it out. And I think it's, it's it brings the interesting conversation of you know, Jonas Simmel, Simmerlin, the guy that did this. He conceived the service, and he said about 98% of it came from the machine. He did tweak it himself. And so right. the tweaking is what, like, where does that line draw? Because I bet most sermons today, or at least a good chunk of them, have a bit of chat GPT in where they've helped research some topic. Like, so is 5% okay? Is 20% okay? 98% seems a little extreme, perhaps. But yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a line there somewhere. Yeah, no, I no, I totally agree. Like, I, I think it, it's a fascinating concept. Um, I, I do wonder, like, what it would have been like to like sit in that audience. Like, mm-hmm. like, 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 how meaningful is that? Like, how, like, how meaningful is like, for example, like a, a graduation speech 
when it's coming from an AI, like an inspiring right. speech, like that, like Correct. That's does the it issue. hold yeah. the same impact? Like maybe I'm not so sure that it does. You know, well, I think um, they said like when they got to the Lord's Prayer during the sermon, a lot of people wouldn't say it along with the AI because it just felt inappropriate. Like, oh, you know. interesting. I also like that they mentioned that it was uh, it was mo very monotone and that the there the there was a very stoic video AI figure that was that was projected right. onto the screen along with it, which I thought was hilarious. Um, so I mean, it's. It's fascinating. I don't. I don't think I would have gone, but I would watch like five minutes of it just out of sheer morbid See. curiosity. So, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, next up, owner of quote Area Fifty One Nevada license plate flooded with tickets thanks to novelty tags. So so apparently there's like a real Nevada license plate that is Area Fifty One, like a custom license plate Area Fifty One, but people sell a fake. Area 51 license plates around Area 51 for tourists. And then those tourists put them on their cars. And then like <laughs> when they go through like uh, tolls that they don't pay for, the the auto snap camera, whatever, catches the fake plate and they draw back, they trace it back to this guy and they send, he, he gets hundreds and hundreds of tickets apparently. Like mm -hmm. I think it was he like said 172 tickets or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like and it has to, has to spend all of this time responding to them. And like, I think, was it Las Vegas threatened a warrant for his arrest at one point? And like, I'm thinking... <laughs> It's not worth it, man. Like it's just, it's just not like. Why would you spend your time doing this? It's not worth it. It's just. Well, he not probably didn't realize that was the consequence. I know people have had custom plates. Like uh, one of my, my friend Charlie had an Explorer, and he got a custom plate that was Dora. So it was Dora the Explorer. Like, okay, that's kind of cool. <laughs> but like, <laughs> if you do Area Fifty One, like you wouldn't think this kind of thing would come up. The the thing it reminded me of, I heard of a guy years ago that had a license plate, and the custom one was null, N U L L, which in a database means empty and. Similar issues when they didn't have a plate, it would put in null and it would all go to this dude. He got well, you know, tons it, of stuff. That was too. linked in the bottom of this article. Apparently, oh, was the, it? Oh, yeah, cool. the null license plate guy got got twelve thousand dollars worth of bills <laughs> because of that mistake. Which I mean, null is a funny license plate. Like I got yeah. to think, like that's that's funny, you know? Yeah. So. Well, that is the angle. I remember reading about one that was like one i l l one l i one or something like that, where like you can't read it, like you know. Yeah, that sounds yeah, it's awful. Hard to tell what's even what. So I think he was trying to evade tickets with that. Like, good luck writing this down. You know, yeah. <laughs> That's actually pretty smart. Like, if a cop goes by and you're like, I don't even want to try that license plate. Yeah, I'm just going to let him pass. Go. I'm just going to let him yeah. go. Yeah, that's good. So a bit more AI here. The Beatles will release a final record using John Lennon's voice via an AI assistant. So what do you think about that? Yeah, so apparently, like, this, there was, there was this recording, and they were never going to release it because the recording was just too bad. It wasn't good enough quality to uh, to be able to release as a final uh, final song final final album, and apparently with AI assistance, they've been able to sort of draw out the voice and isolate it and, and make sure it has the right tone. And now they're going to release it. I mean, and I, I mean, I, I think it's kind of neat, depending on how much AI it is and how it really sounds, right? Like, is mm -hmm. it really true to John Lennon's voice or not? And are they like, are they adding in uh, audio AI or are they just removing the bad audio? Like, that, that's really the question yeah. to me is like, because like when you and I, you know, when we when I go to edit this podcast later, like I'm going to use like really advanced tools to pull out like some some noise and things like that and give us good tone and all that other stuff. So like, I'm fine with that from an AI perspective. I just, I don't, I don't want it to fake something, if that makes sense. I mean, what, right. are, what are your thoughts? And that's where it's that whole scale of what, when is faking appropriate? Like, yeah, you, know, you could percentage, right? Yeah, like you could record this podcast using your voice, typed it up and recorded. Seth Godin did that a few episodes ago where his whole episode was hit. He typed it up and had it re read in his voice. And I didn't even catch it until the end when he admitted what happened. Like it was that good. It was fantastic. Really? Or, 
Yeah, it was, it was amazing. I'm going to need you to give me um, that link, man. That yeah. sounds fantastic. I need yeah, to check Well, he kind of teased it because the whole episode was him asking questions to AI and then him reading the response from the AI. So it's about it. But then at the end, he said, oh, by the way, I didn't read any of that. Like, it was all generated, like, oh, crazy. Oh, my gosh. But then you go a step further. Yeah. Like, you could say, okay, I wish Sanjay was here today. So I'm going to take whatever Mickey said and turn it into Sanjay's voice. Like, that gets a little yeah. weird. Yeah. Kind of like the Beatles. You know, could they use John Lennon's voice for other stuff? And then could Taylor Swift or use John Lennon's voice and do it? Like, it can get to such weird places where yeah. it becomes wildly inappropriate. And finding that line of appropriateness is is tough to see i feel like they're okay on this one yeah but even then it's not with his consent clearly so right right but i think it's okay still well yeah. i mean it's like that with like with, with some actors right like because like uh wasn't it was it star wars uh a couple of like one of the newer movies they had an, a full ai actor because the actor that originally played him back has died and so they right. had like this it, it was it was pretty brief but yeah i mean still like there's a full ai actor and it's like how i don't know like is that Okay, that's good. Yeah. Maybe I mean AI art, same problem, right? It's yeah. Well, same thing. I'm thinking like Steve Jobs' new book that came out recently. You know, it's a SteveJobsArchive.com. I think we'll put it in show notes, maybe. Yeah. But it's a whole book of his words that just came out. But it was mm. things he said, but he had never put into book form. And so, yeah, yeah again, I, I think it's okay. But it's a similar kind of thing where releasing a new book for him is. Well, I mean, but that's but that's not unlike like for example, like I've been big into uh, into stoicism and like meditations by Marcus Aurelius, right? I mean, the same like meditations is just Marcus Aurelius's personal diary that he kept, and then they somebody gathered yeah. them all okay. together and yeah. was like, "Man, this is amazing stuff. Let's publish this and make some money." That's probably not exactly <laughs> what they said, but like you know, but like that's what they did, and it's right. still read widely today. And I think he would, you know, if Marcus Aurelius was alive, which obviously he's clearly not, uh, he would be pretty shocked that we're still yeah. talking about him and reading this stuff today, you know? So I would think um, so. Yeah. I mean, same, so maybe same with Steve Jobs in his book too. So it's, yeah. it, it's a, it's a weird, it, all that stuff's just very weird and very complex. All right, Mickey, it is tech rec time. What do you have for us? It's always so tough for me, but this one was actually kind of easy. I'm going with the Kindle Scribe. So okay. if you're not familiar with that, it's a, it's a giant Kindle with a pen, and it's fantastic. And it sort of depends on your use case. But I had a remarkable I had a remarkable one and the remarkable two that were a similar kind of tablet for writing. But they had a few problems, at least for me. One is you couldn't use the Kindle on it. Mm. So you could load PDFs in and that kind of stuff. There are other tablets that you could, but they were Android-based. You could kind of load the app sideways. But it's still, this is a true Kindle at its, at its core. Right. And the other problem with the remarkable didn't have a backlight which I get because they wanted the perfect writing experience. You know, the backlight adds you know, a millimeter of depth to the screen, so it's not as realistic. Like, I want a backlight, dude. Like, I don't care about the millimeter. I want a backlight. So yeah. it's fantastic for me. Instead of carrying my Remarkable and my little Kindle, I have this giant Kindle and all my notes, and I can load PDFs in. I can sign documents from it. I can take notes in books. Like, it's phenomenal. So and the thing you'll hear about it, oh, go ahead. Yeah, so you, you act, do you actively, like, write and take notes on it, like, on a daily basis? Oh, yeah. Well, mostly highlight. But okay. You can take okay. little notes and tags up with it. The yeah. one catch is you can't write on a book. You have to like tag and like write in like a sticky note on a part because if you were able to write on it, if you change the font, like where does that note go? And if, you know, so I get it. Um, the other catch is when it first launched, it was missing a whole lot of features that things like Remarkable had, like different types of pens and note organizations and stuff, which didn't matter to me. I'm just writing with a pen, but right. mattered to a lot of folks. And in the subsequent months, they've added a lot of updates and have most of that taken care of. So okay. it's fantastic. I use it. I mean, I do. 95 percent of my reading on it and it's i mean with my older eyes too like make the font bigger and it's it's fantastic so yeah i still use yeah. the uh kindle paperwhite and man i, I, okay. love, I love that thing. oh like paper oh, was great oh, so oh my god how about a giant paperwhite that you can take notes on and stuff it's yeah it's perfect, I, man. but i don't know like for me i don't know that i really would take that many notes like like on the paperwhite you know i'll highlight something 
and then I'll make I'll type in a quick note, you know. Yeah. And then I've I mean, got my notes. easier. Grab the pen and just highlight versus having to use the yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, but I, I just grab my finger and just boop, and it's highlighted. Yeah. Like it's. I mean, yeah. so I feel like for me, like there, it's it's probably not worth the hassle. And I really like the paper white size. Like it's so small. I can just, you know, like it's just yeah, easy. I to, wanted bigger, so that that helped there too. Yeah. So it's a matter of what you like. You yeah, know? yeah. I like, a, I like a small. So, yeah. yeah, you know. No, I get it though. I mean, I think I think yeah. it's a really a really interesting product for sure. Um, but it's also like a very niche market for that product as well. Oh yeah, right? for sure. So, yeah, and I'm yeah. worried because I do like the remarkable company again. The the plucky company making this product as a new company and. And now Amazon kind of smashing them down a little bit. So hopefully yeah. they can stick around yeah. too. I like the competition. Yeah. So that's fair. What do you got for us? All right. So I'm going to recommend a website um, and, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to have to explain this just a little bit, but I think it's interesting. So it's called, uh, I think it's Oak Finder, but let me spell it for you. It's O-O-A-K finder.com just all, all together. O-O-A-K-F-I-N-D-E-R.com. And what's interesting about it is uh, let's say you're, you're shopping on Etsy, right? And you find this, uh, let's go back to woodworking because I, I said I, I like to do woodworking. And I recently yep. created a custom keepsake box for my wife. And But let's say that I, I didn't have those skills and I wanted to buy her a custom keepsake box. Now, how would you know that the box that's listed on Etsy is actually custom made? Like you wouldn't necessarily know. Hmm. So what you can do is you can go grab the, the URL from Etsy. You can drop it into Oak Finder and it will basically bring up uh, Google Lens and all these, all these reverse image search options for you. And then you can find out, was this purchased elsewhere? So actually I did it. So I was like, okay, well, I, I went through Etsy and I looked for a custom, like a, a box, a wooden box. I was like, oh, this one looks really nice. So I clicked on that. I'm like, oh, that, that looks custom. It looks beautiful. Like it looks really nice. I bet it's custom made. So then I, I, I put it into the Oak Finder, whatever thing. I, and I use Google Lens for the reverse image search. And sure enough, no, it's not custom made. They bought it on Alibaba. And you can buy hundreds gotcha. of them in one <laughs> load on Alibaba. And it was like, they were like $3 a piece on Alibaba. And they're selling it for like $50 on Etsy. Right. And it's like, oh, I see. So a lot of the Etsy stuff is really just Alibaba stuff that's repackaged and sold at a higher rate. So <laughs> yep. there you go. Um, so if you if you want to know if what you're getting is like really genuinely authentic and new, um, then this is a good way to find out because if yeah. people are too lazy, if, if people are so lazy, they're going to buy the thing on Alibaba, repackage it and sell it on Etsy, and they're going to use the same photos. Right. Then, at least like, take a new picture, man. Yeah, like Come take on. a new photo. Like, you know, like that's fine. Yeah. At least take a new photo. So um, it, it's a, it was a fascinating, uh, a fascinating tech rank. So yeah, give it a shot. See what you think. Awesome. All right, Mickey, uh, if our listeners want to find you and connect, how would they go about doing that? So you can find me everywhere at Mickmel, M-I-C-K-M-E-L. I'm Mickmel.com. I'm Mickmel on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, whatever. I blog every day at Mickmel.com. And you can email me at Mickmel at gmail.com. You can find me, find me all the ways there. So, so you're saying you're, you're on Twitter? Is that what you're, is that what you're well, saying? Well, not often. I basically <laughs> post, my, post my blog post. Brett's on there. Our buddy Brett's on there a lot lately, though. So I see his post and move on with my His day, stuff's so, yeah. fantastic. It really it is. It is. Yeah. It's really good. Where, yeah. where, how about you? Uh, just go to my website, adamjwalker.com. I'm not as fancy as you. I don't have all the same handles. But adamjwalker.com has links to everything. And most importantly, sign up for my email newsletter. And, uh, and one quick promo. Uh, if you go to Mickey's website, go to mickmel.com. Sign up for his newsletter. He's got a daily blog that is very thoughtful and well-written and, and has constant ideas uh, that are flowing out of it that I find very fascinating and helpful. So, uh, so make sure to sign Thanks up. Thanks, Kindle Scribe, for helping make that happen. So <laughs> lots of reading will lead to that. There you go. That's it. That's it. Dun, dun, dun.